You're listening to the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network, covering and creating all things creepy. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Creepy bookworms to our creepy book club. I am your host, Tanisha, the Wicked Witch of the West, as I like to say. And as always, I am joined by my Wicked Witch of the East, my beloved Gretchen. Hello! Hello! Yes! Welcome. Yes, let's get this party started. I know you came for it. I came for it. Gretchen's here for it. We're We're here for it. So excited. We're so here for it. We are super excited to welcome Silver Sweet's here for it. Silver Sweet is so here for it. Listen, we're ready. Um, let's welcome our very special guest today, the author of the Disney villain series herself, Serena Valentino. Hello! Yay! I am so happy to be here. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about all things Disney villain series, all that good stuff. We're going to be talking about Cold Hearted, of course, which dropped today. Right now. Right now. (laughs) Like, buy it right now. You don't already have it. What are you doing? Um, So, yeah, we're so excited to jump in. Um, And let's see. Yes, been looking forward to it all month. So have we. We're excited to talk about it. So we're going to start off. This is kind of how we're going to go. We just want to chat with Serena for a bit. Ask her, you know, about the series past and all that good stuff. And then we will, as usual, do our spoiler-free review of Cold Hearted for Mm -hmm. folks who have not read it yet. Don't fret. We will let you know when we're going to get into spoiler territory. So you have time to look away, <laughs> close your ears, jump offline as fast as possible. We have questions. <laughs> we, have, we have questions. <laughs> we have so many questions. Hopefully I can answer um, them all. I mean, you all like to ask questions. I'm like, mm, three books from now, you'll know what's going <laughs> I know. That's why I was wondering too. I was like, I was like, how much information is she actually going to share? Or is it going to be like, please tell me more. <laughs> Give us the breadcrumbs. <laughs> We're desperate. <laughs> we'll take anything. We'll um, take whatever you want to give us. Yeah. We could do like spoiler, spoiler, you know, like, okay, this is a spoiler, spoiler. And they, you know, they can choose to listen or not. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. We'll do that. Then it's on, it's on y'all. If y'all exactly. don't like spoilers then jump out now. Uh, just started reading and love it 3000. Yes. I'm curious how far they've gotten. Are they like almost at the end? <laughs> Day one. They're like, I'm on the last page. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get started. So first off for me, uh, I'm always curious about people's just backstory. Like what brought you to this point? And I'm curious did you always know you wanted to tell stories? Was this always destined to be your career or was this something that came up that you were surprised by? That's a good question. Um, I always say that 
I didn't think I always wanted to be a writer, but I think I always did. Um, I, you know, tried to pursue singing and acting. I went to school to teach theater, but in the back of my mind, I always wanted to be an author, but I didn't think I could be a good author because I was dyslexic and I struggled a lot um, with that growing up. And I had sort of, I kind of stigmatized myself and made myself feel that I, I wouldn't ever be able to be a good author. Um, and then one day I wrote this story called Lex and Max for this comic book called Gloom Cookie. And I showed it to a friend and he's like, oh, that would be a cool comic. And he illustrated it and um, we were really lucky and it got published. And you know, the first thing I ever wrote got published um, for a Gloom Cookie comic. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of it. It was like a thing that came out in the nineties. That's awesome. So you and you started in comic books, yeah, and then and then you got into novels, right? How did, how did that jump kind of happen, and what what was very different about it? What was familiar? What are things like? I'm curious the comparison of the two mediums well, and writing I, for the two. Yeah, I, I mean, I started doing uh, nightmares and fairy tales, um, which was like retellings of fairy tales. Uh, not quite the way I'm doing it with Disney. Like it's darker and it's more like Grimm's fairy tales. They were really bloody and murderous. And you'd probably see some of those influences in um, the Disney books. And an um, editor at Disney approached me and asked if I'd be interested in writing for them. And I was like, have you read Nightmares and Fairy Tales? Are you sure you want me to, <laughs> <laughs> you want me to write for you? And he's like, yeah, I think it would be awesome. You know, and I felt... I felt a little bit inhibited, but he was like, no, he's like, you can do what you want. And as you can see, you know, like I, I take the books to a pretty dark place a, a lot of the times. Um, the process is different. I think it's easier to write novels than it is to write comic book scripts, honestly, because in, in novels, like I could go for pages about how um, somebody feels and I could go for, I can skip around in time, like as you guys like to comment on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, there's just a lot more freedom in writing novels than there are writing for, you know, writing for a comic. I mean, you can definitely do all those things in a comic book. You just have to do it in less space. You know, you have less space to, to do it in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's more freedom, but I do like the collaborative collaborative process with doing graphic novels. And that's why I'm happy that I just, you know, had a collaboration in um adapting evil thing into a graphic novel which was a lot of a lot of fun so i mean i, I like both processes um uh and i, I can't pick a favorite but they're I, I think that graphic novels are a lot more challenging because you're, you're writing for the artist you're writing for yourself for the letterer for the colorist you're, you're writing for everybody and with a novel it's just you know for your reader it's for you and your reader and in your editor you know so there it's 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 less arduous. Got it, got it. And I'm <laughs> curious too, like what the the evil thing is sort of your return back to the graphic novel media. Mm -hmm. Why that one in particular of all your Disney villains books? Well, I mean, to be perfectly frank, it was you know, so it would come out around the time that the live action film was coming out and you know I think that if they did decide that they wanted to do graphic novels um, of the other books they'd probably go back and do them you know do them in order um, which would make sense you know but Evil Thing is such a standalone story that I didn't I we didn't think that it would be a problem like you know people don't have to read the previous books to to get Evil Thing 
So we thought it would be okay. I like that. Um, how how did you come up with the idea specifically to write about the villains? Like when Disney approached you, did they ask you to write for the villains or did they just say, hey, do you have any ideas? Yeah, they, they came to me and asked if there was anybody in the Disney pantheon that I'd like to write about. And of course I said the villains. I was like, the villains, please. Can I write, you know, can I write about them? And I had originally thought maybe I would do Maleficent first because she's my favorite. Um, but me and the editor talked about it <clears throat> and uh, the Wicked Queen was his favorite, and I'm down with the Wicked Queen. Like, I was fine with Grimhild, and I'm glad that I started there, actually. Um, and as you can see, like, if you remember, in um, Ferris of All, like, Grimhild, like, tells the story of Maleficent. So I already had, like, Maleficent's story in mind when, when I wrote that story, and I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did. But, yeah, it's kind of a dream come true that Disney approached me and said, who do you want to write about? I'm like, the villains? Yes. <laughs> Is there another answer? Like, I, I feel know. like that, that, <laughs> after I asked that, I thought that seems to be the silliest <laughs> question ever, because obviously. <laughs> right, right. Um, when you created the characters that you you created for the series, where did you come up with like the inspiration for like our beloved Odd Sisters? Like, where did you pull from that to bring them in? I I was so used to writing you know books that were one hundred percent mine. So the comic books that I did were indie books; they were creator owned. All the even though I was doing retellings of fairy tales, the characters were mine, and I really wanted to feel like something was just mine and like in in the books and so i created the odd sisters and um i had originally thought that i would carry them through like through the entire series and make them a connective thread but i wasn't sure if you know disney would be down with that my editor was like oh no i think that's a great idea i love the odd sisters he was like really you know really into them so um and then for the beast, I was really excited to introduce Cersei because I, you know, in the back of my mind is like, oh, there's another sister. And it was cool to be able to introduce her in the, in the beast book. So like when you, so like when you came up with like the, like Tulip and Nanny, like I'm really intrigued by the, the Pop and Jay and Tulip. Like mm -hmm. I, I want to see more of that. Like, am right. I going to get to see some of that sometime? <laughs> Well, you know, I am in love with Tulip and I love Tulip and Pop and Jay too. And I mean, it's like, it's, it's kind of like a fine line, um, you know, continuing, continuing the ongoing story, but not taking away too much from, from the villain story, like at the same time. So I do plan to have like more Tulip and Pop and Jay, like in the future, but they're only mentioned, I think, were they mentioned in in Cold Hearted? See, like I've got Cold Hearted and the next book that I'm writing like in my mind, like mashed up. So I have to ask like, do you remember if I mentioned them or did I mention them in the next book? That's coming. They were, Tulip was not mentioned in this book. There was only a reference to Morning Star Kingdom, which I was like, oh, right. that's Tulip's place. But uh, yeah, she wasn't. He wasn't yeah, yeah. Like I kind of give people an update on what Tulip is up to then in the in book nine. So about like 
Yeah, all the books like trail one one from the other for me. So like sometimes I forget like did I do that in this book or that book? But yeah, there's a little bit of an update. We don't get to she doesn't have any real page time, but she's definitely she's definitely mentioned. But as the books, I mean, I, I have at least four more books planned, and I we will be showing everybody. You know, like the Odd Sisters, Nanny, Tulip, Oberon. You know. The, the Cyclopean Giants, like everybody, everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna be there. They're gonna have their their time. Four more books. I'm so excited. That's <laughs> so like, exciting. Yeah. I know. I'm well, and then my new videos like, are oh. already turning. Of like, who's it gonna be? Because I've been teasing the next one, so I'm excited yeah, to like, talk about that. You yeah, have like an idea of like who you think it is. Okay, so based on. Oh, so, Silver Sweet says I did mention them cold-hearted. Oh yeah, that she's preparing. oh preparing for a journey. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, so I just I just mentioned her. Gotcha. Okay, okay. So Tulip's in there. She is not forgotten. <laughs> so that's good. She's always on my mind. She's one of my favorites. She's like she's at the beginning. She was kind of like everything about the Disney princesses like rolled into one. And I like the journey that she's been on and and how much she's grown and the agency she's gotten for herself and the fact that she's just like this rad woman who loves to read books and go on adventures with, you know, giant trees and she's super brave and amazing. And considering, you know, where she was to begin with, she's in this abusive relationship with the prince, you know, with the beast prince. And now she's like off on her own. And she's like, I don't know, Pop and Jay, I don't have time to get married. I have better things to do. I don't even want to wear dresses. I need to wear slacks and go climb trees. You know, like, I, I think she's amazing. I love her. So, of course, I'm going to give her more page time. I just, her story, all of their stories are, like, in my head. Like, I have, like, a long game, like, planned. I just have to put it in piece by piece, like, meticulously, like, where where it works with the particular villain that I'm working with. Gotcha. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> in thinking about the next one, I know you said it was a male villain. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's based in London, like the two previous books. We'll say that too. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So he's okay. based in London. <laughs> based in London. Okay. See this, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Hook. I'm mm -hmm. leaning towards Hook because that is where I was going about a pirate, and a pirate got all this, these things, which we're going to talk ha about too. And and there's this shop that things appear in that come from the many kingdoms, and he's a crook, <laughs> and I'm sure he's been fencing for years. Yes, I think it's Hook as well. I, I love all like theories about the shop. <laughs> I'm, I, this shop could be a cold dead trail but i'm on it like a hound dog. <laughs> it could lead nowhere it could lead nowhere but i'm like i'm like what's in the shelves what did he notice is there something else there <laughs> who is the shop owner how does the shop owner deal between the many kingdoms and like i guess our world or like the 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 regular world like how oh. Or who from the many kingdoms is visiting London, right? Oh, see, I think we're going to Neverland next. I think I think we we'll learning think about Neverland. So I'm excited. I'm like looking at Serena's face. Poker player. That's what I'm leaning to. I I was kind of between. 
Hades a little bit, just because Hades has been mentioned quite a few times. And then even in the most recent book, uh, Hades was brought up. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe it's Hades. But then the pirate kept coming up. So I'm between those two, but I'm leaning hook. Right. That's where I'm at. So yeah. Hey, Brittany said, spill the tea, sorry. Spill the tea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still would, but Disney likes us to keep these like secret. Um, if it were up to me, I would tell you about everybody that's coming up, but it's not 100% up to me. But at least I get to pick who I write about. So that's that's awesome. Oh, nice. um, I, I'm going to say that I don't blame y'all for thinking that Hades might be a character in the future. We'll just we'll just put it that way. Oh, oh. Okay, I don't blame okay. you. I don't blame you. <laughs> All right. I'll take that tea. I'll take it. However... <laughs> Yes, yes. We came ready for the tea. <laughs> welcome, welcome everybody to Tea with Serena. My favorite tea <laughs> club ladies. Yes. yes. Order some more tea. Hold on one moment. Order more tea. <laughs> Sir, may I have some more tea? Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <Mike>. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love tea in the evening during the, I love tea in the evening too. <laughs> Wait until autumn when we really can have tea in the evening. Oh yeah, some nice like <laughs> cinnamony tea. I'm here for it. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, somebody says maybe Queen of Hearts because Alice in Wonderland is based in London, mm -hmm. I think. But I'm going with Hook Two, and that's mm -hmm. Electronic Twelve. Okay, so Queen of Hearts. I feel like Queen of Hearts would be a cool one to see mm -hmm. if. She might be in the lineup somewhere too. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> guys. No bathroom breaks. Don't over. <laughs> I'm right here, no matter what my dog does, no matter what happens, I'm still here. <laughs> I actually chose my Alice in Wonderland teacup because oh. I am secretly hoping for a Red Queen to come in because mm -hmm. I I I would I love her. And I love how she doesn't take anybody's crap. And uh, I would be excited to see that one incorporated for sure. So. You want you want a Gozer cameo? Gozer cameo. <laughs> In the books. Okay. Can I? I love Gozer. Well, yeah. Gozer actually does make a cameo in. The evil thing graphic novel. He's right oh, there. Let me see if I can find the other one. That's really cute. Oh no. Well, here's me with Cruella. It's super cute. It's like, oh my gosh, that's oh. amazing. Cruella. <laughs> so yeah, those are made his first cameo. Oh my As gosh, that's well cute. Well, he should. Yes, you saw it here first, precious. folks. <laughs> Gozer's in the graphic novel. I'm sorry. My mom literally just texted me. Like, I hope that didn't make like a crazy <laughs> It was a ding okay. for Gozer. Ding. Yes. Ding <laughs> for Gozer. She's watching. She's all, who's next? Like, she's like, <laughs> like <laughs> Aww. Um, so something else I wanted to ask about too, like since um, so my background and, and what I, I work in social services, um, mm -hmm. I have background in counseling and whatnot. And so something that I've loved in reading these villain series is 
you know, I'm very big on everyone is the way they are for a reason, right? Everybody mm -hmm. has a story and something brought them to that point. Nobody just wakes up overnight and is just however they are, right? right. Good, evil, whatever. Um, and something you've done amazing with that I'm, I just eat up in these stories is telling these backgrounds of these villains and how trauma plays such a huge role yeah. in sort of, you know, leading folks to have very poor adaptive mechanisms, yeah. strategies, you know, the, the way they interact with the world may not be the healthiest. Right. Um, so I'm just curious, like with all of these different villain stories, how is it sort of fleshing out, you know, cause each of these characters has such a tragic backstory and has been through so much. How is it, you know, sort of coming up with what each one of them's story is? Can you rephrase like the exact, I, I loved everything that you had to say. Sure. <laughs> sure. Seeing that like in the stories, but I'm not sure what the, like what the question is. So like, uh, you know, for example, as you're writing Cruella, uh, mm -hmm. an evil thing, for example, like what is it like sort of figuring out, okay, what, why is Cruella the way she is? What is her backstory? What things did she go through? Like, how do you make those decisions of, of what brought them to whatever point they're at? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Um, I take on the characters, like I try to take on like, you know, if I was going to do an acting role or something, like I just, I try to like get in touch with the character, think about who they are, think about like what their behavior is like, think about psychologically what would lead somebody to have those types of behaviors or those types of personality disorders. Um, and kind of, you know, back it up and, you know, think what could happen in somebody's life, you know, to cause, to cause people to act out in the way, in the way that they do. Like the biggest thing that I ask myself when I sit down to write these stories is why something happened. You know, why did Maleficent get so upset that, you know, she wasn't invited to the christening? Um, why, you know, why would, you know, the Wicked Queen want to kill her own daughter? And yeah, I mean, in terms of specifics, like for, for Corella, you know, just being so, uh, you know, just like looking about her character, like from the film, she seemed really into uh, material things, like into fashion, into things that were expensive. Um, she, and, and to me, it seemed like somebody who came from like a family who, you know, maybe she had a mother that, you know, only showed her love to her, like through gifts. And that's why she valued, you know, uh, presents, you know, or things that were expensive, like so much. And I just, I don't know, I, it's, it's a weird process. I just, I sit and I think about it and I muse until it clicks and I just do it. I don't, I don't know where it comes from. It's just like, <laughs> it just pops into my head. It's just, I, I think a lot about, about the character and, and, and things come to me and I'm glad that it works. <laughs> it does. Cause they yeah. feel like, I, I think it, they feel like real people. Like when you, for me, when I go back and I watch sort of, you know, the classic Disney movies, the villains are very two dimensional. They are there to serve the role of being the villain to support in the princess's story. And like, that's pretty much it. Right. Um, and, and in reading these books, you know, you're reading these experiences they go through and there's some things that I personally relate to that I'm like, Oh, that struck a chord in me. And I imagine, you know, and other people, um, they just feel so real and, and grounded and, and just fleshed out. Um, so I was just curious, like how, you know, your thoughts on sort of uh, people's trauma playing a role in them sort of becoming 
these villains, you know? Right. I mean, I think, I think for me, I just, I want to tackle issues that are important to me and the way that I can do that is through my art. And I, I just, I want to be, I want to somehow be an inspiration or give people the courage to get out of the situations that they, that they might be in, you know? I mean, like after the Ursula book came out, you know, a lot of young trans people wrote me and said that they, after they read it, they got the courage to come out to their family or come out to their friends. And, and, and people after they read the Beast book told me that they have the courage to get out of their abusive relationships. Um, I had a lot of people write me after the uh, Corolla book saying that they grew up with a mother like that, you know, with, you know, mothers who have that type of personality. And, you know, they didn't feel like anything really had sort of tackled that before. And for me, it's just trying to give people, you know, give, give people the courage to, you know, be strong for themselves or, or show them that like other, other people or other characters have gone through that and, you know, and show them like the different paths that, you know, that that can lead to. I mean, like with poor Ursula, she was forced to live in a body that wasn't hers and the anger was, was so great. She literally exploded. Right. You know, yeah. and if, if I could write a book that shows people like, you know, don't make people live like lives that are, you know, authentic, you know, and that it could cause like serious damage then, you know, and so, I mean, in terms of, of why, I mean, that's, that's really why, I mean, I also want to tell a story that's entertaining. I want to tell a story that the people enjoy, but I also want it to be thought provoking. And I try to keep that in mind each time I, I choose a background for the, for the characters. Absolutely. And Silver Sweet said, uh, Ferris of all came out the year I was going through leukemia treatment and they oh. mean so, so much to me. Yeah. These books, I mean, they do strike an emotional nerve. And another thing too, I wanted to touch on while I'm on the topic of talking about sort of like the trauma that these villains went through, something that I absolutely loved just because in the work that I do, I work with a lot of marginalized communities, folks that are kind of villainized by the system. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of my frustration is like, if you understand, if you just provide help and support and assistance and resources for these folks, like it can help improve their situation. They need those resources. And something I loved was sort of Nanny mm. has become one of my favorites now in reading this. I'm like, <laughs> yes, Nanny, I love you. Um, is, is she's advocating, you know, and then even that scene with Maleficent going back and trying to help Grimhild instead of mm -hmm. just necessarily saving snow mm -hmm. and this idea of like you you can help stop the perpetuation of trauma by by helping heal right. um, that you know what I mean that person that you've labeled the villain if you just help heal them it prevents that ripple right. um, and so I, I just love that sort yeah. of nice little nugget and message uh, in the story so much I mean, um, it's, it's not it's not a coincidence that, you know, there's a, a system set up in the many kingdoms that keeps particular people down and bolsters other people. You know, there, there's a clear, obvious message there. And, you know, that's another thing, you know, that I, I, I'd like readers to get out of it. And I think that it's been a, a continuing thing. You know, Nanny and um, Fairy Godmother have been arguing about this forever. I mean, Nanny forever is like, why don't we just help everybody? Why are we only going to help the pretty princesses? Like, what makes a person a villain? What makes a person, you know, a, a princess, you know, the princess to be? So I think that kind of comes to a head in Cold Hearted, which, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see what y'all think of, like, 
if, if you think Nanny is, if this is her redemption story or not. Oh, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, and I'm sure, um, well, actually, let me backtrack. Hold on. <laughs> I was going to jump into something else. And I was like, let me hold on. Um, I'm curious in that same vein, what's been the most challenging villain to write for? And then which one did you find the most like fulfilling, fun? Um, yeah, so far. Mm. I mean, the first book was the hardest because I had never written a novel before. Um, and then the next most challenging, uh, Maleficent was challenging in that I loved her so much and I wanted to do her justice. And I think the book reads like a love letter to Maleficent. I mean, I just spent all my time loving Maleficent. So I hope, you know, that was okay. Um, but I think Evil Thing at first was a bit challenging because I had never written you know first person before um and my favorite was mother knows best and i'm surprised because gothel wasn't even my favorite villain like i wasn't even that into her like as a character like compared and compared to the other villains but when i really started to like listen to her dialogue listen to you know the lyrics in her story and read some background about her i was like oh i can do a lot with this woman and um her story actually is my favorite out of the series i love mother knows best so much she you really did bring a depth to her that um I, I hadn't realized before, but I would say, yeah, I think she's definitely one of my favorite stories. And I want to, I'd like, there's so much going on there. I love it. Yeah. We're going, we're going back to the dead woods in book nine, just so you know. Oh, very good. Oh. <laughs> yes. Let me have some and tea. And I was going to say, let me have some, I'll sip some tea for that. Right. Yeah. Going, I'm, I'm, I was just, I'm so pleased to be in the Deadwoods again. I mean, I can't tell you who's like hanging out there because I don't want to spoil that much. But I mean, of course, Sir Jacob is going to be there. He's my boyfriend. <sighs> I love him. Um, but as far as like who else is going to be in, in the Deadwoods, um, but I'm just, I was happy to return there. Like, that's my favorite. I, I created that location, like in the Disney Pantheon. Like, that's mine, you know, and it's, it's dark and it's, exactly like the kind of thing that I like I like to write so I was really happy to be back there and describing the you know the solarium and the gargoyles and the courtyard and and you know everything else and now the entire place is covered like in Rapunzel flowers so you can make your guesses about what we ha might, might be happening there now that there's Rapunzel flowers everywhere. Oh, <laughs> More breadcrumbs! <laughs> Another shad of tea! <laughs> it's like, and I'll sip to that as well. That's going to be the new tradition. It's like, sip your tea every time. That's right. We get some breadcrumbs. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so, what, um, when, so I'm going to kind of switch gears because I am dying to talk about your love of Disney. And Ooh. I, I want to know, like, do you, you know, you, you'd mentioned before that you, you do love to go to Disney parks and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like what's, what's your like absolute, you can't miss attraction at Disney. And what snack do you have to eat when you go there? <laughs> what snack do I have to eat? 
I love snacks. <laughs> I have to. I love snacks too. Oh my goodness! So the attraction that I can't miss. I mean, I mean, I already like my three favorites are the Haunted Mansion, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, and the Indiana Jones ride. Like, I literally can't. I literally can't miss those. Um, but if I had to pick pick one. I guess it would be it would be the haunted mansion, but it can't be when it's night before Christmas haunted mansion. It has to be like real haunted mansion. So I can't I cannot miss that. And is the dead woods inside of Disneyland? James asked. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh my god, I would love that too. Oh my god, it'd be like the haunted mansion, like dead woods. Oh my like god, like a like a haunted hayride through the dead woods. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd go on that. It's like so that's never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite snack, Justin and I were just talking about how we can't wait to go back to Disneyland and get ice cream in the old fashioned ice cream parlor. Like, uh, yeah, I know that's not like a Disney snack, but it's definitely what are your all favorites? Your favorite oh, Disneyland snack? I have so many. Gretchen, you're at Disney World, so I feel like you have a lot more options. Right. I'm at Disney World, and I would say, like, the thing I crave more than anything is the Nutella waffle from Sleepy Hollow in oh. Liberty Square. Because it's like, it's a waffle full of Nutella and fruit, and it's a, a sandwich. <laughs> okay, wait, yeah, there's a Sleepy a Sleepy Hollow Square? Like, what? please tell me what's going on with this. So at Disney World in the Magic Kingdom, we have our Haunted Mansion is located in Liberty Square mm -hmm. and they have a Sleepy Hollow snack shop there where you can get mm -hmm. like waffles and chicken and waffles and like what uh, are those funnel cakes and stuff like that. But it's the Sleepy Hollow because it's all like old Liberty type feels. That's where the Hall of Presidents is and stuff like that. And I need to go there right now. Yes. I don't think they have chicken and waffles at California Disneyland. Well, it's time to come to Florida. <laughs> I well, I had plenty of it in New Orleans, but yeah, we don't. I don't think we have it at Disneyland. No, not yet. It needs to be. <laughs> I know. Uh, let's see. Somebody said there are a lot of options. I used to be a custodian in 2018 during my DCP Disney College program for folks who mm -hmm. don't know. Uh, so I know my way around a bit. All mm -hmm. right. I'm not as familiar. I've only been to Disney World once, so I'm not as familiar with the snacks over there. But Disneyland, I'm I'm a Dole Whip gal, pretty classic wow. Dole Whip gal. Justin, um, Justin's the Dole Whip guy. He's like, you have to try it. I haven't tried one yet. So, uh, Well, if you like pineapple, I always warn people. I'm like, if you don't like pineapple, you're not going to like it. Uh, Shannon said, I just want to slide in real quick while I had a short break to say that Gretchen and Tanisha have made me so excited to read the books and their passion for this series you've created is so palpable. Oh. They're the type of Disney books I need in my life. We all needed Disney villain books. I was so excited <laughs> when, I, when, right. when I found out about these. I was like, what have I been doing with my whole life up until? I have read them over <laughs> and over again because every time I read them, there's just more things to catch. Mm. And that's why I know all the details because I think I've read the series like three times now. <laughs> you are like the best cheerleaders for the series. Like seriously, like I'm so thankful that, you know, you're you know introducing readers to the series and that you're so passionate and you love it so much. I'm very flattered. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I mean, it it just goes to your like credit to your storytelling, to be honest, because I like I said, you know, it, 
you already we already know the classic Disney villain stories, but and and or the princesses stories, I guess, that the villains are in. Um, but I think again, you make them so rooted and grounded and three dimensional human beings for me that I just I, like eat it up. Yeah, yeah, relatable. I just like eat it up. I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for writing them. No, um, being like the chipmunks, like like you, you thank you, no, thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just you. a big old love fest over here. It's all a love festing. So <laughs> good. true. So good. All right. Well, now that we've talked about Disney parks, because we love our Disney parks over here, <laughs> creepy, creepy kingdom. It's in the name kingdom. Um, we are going to get started on our spoiler-free reactions to Cold Hearted first, off top, and then we will let you know when we get into spoilers. Um, so, Gretchen, what what is your overall spoiler-free reaction to Cold Hearted? Oh my gosh, I gotta say it right to her face. <laughs> Look her in the eyes. Look her in the eyes. <laughs> I will say that I have never wanted to be more of a stand behind somebody and go, oh no, you did not just do that. This whole book, I was just like, Oh no, we are not doing this to her. And so that's, I guess that's my review is I just, I have never met a villain that I just wanted to get right back behind. Like they gonna have to hold me back because somebody needs to stand up for Lady Tremaine. And, yeah. and that is how I felt about this book is that yeah. I was like, dang, how many times can you kick a girl? Like, yeah. Woo. It's so true. I know. And I also like, so in addition to that, I found myself being like, what, what, like, what, how, of course she's angry. I'd be angry too. <laughs> what mm -hmm. it was. Um, so I definitely, there was definitely that reaction. Uh, and then there was a, a lot of cool, as, as you know, we love breadcrumbs. Um, so there was a lot of like those little moments and, and when we get into the spoiler stuff, I'm so excited to ask questions that you may or may not be able to answer okay. at this point in time. So I acknowledge <laughs> that, but I'm going to ask them anyway, because I'm going to yeah. shoot my shot. Um, yeah, yeah, there's just so much stuff that I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going next. I'm like, okay, I need to know what happens with this piece. I need to know what this, like, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, Silver Street said the book made me cry. Mm. Oh, it was, it was, it was heartbreaking. That definitely mm. Lady Tremaine's story, as with all the villains, I think up to this point, um, it's just tragic. You're like, yeah. oh man, um, mm. somebody help them. Like I, I just was like, that's why I was rooting for Nanny so hard. Was I was just like, help, yes, help everybody, help everyone. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of my spoiler-free thoughts on this <laughs> up to this point <laughs> um so everyone all my magical folks and creepy bookworms are we uh, ready now we are we're at the spoiler <sighs> section of the show All right, there it was. You had your chance to get out, so don't get mad at us. Okay, that was it. So if you're still here, <laughs> you already read the book. That's right, flee. Cold-hearted, oh, broke, more like broken-hearted. 
Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, definitely it was, Lady Tremaine was more brokenhearted. I think mm. she was perceived as cold-hearted and she was really brokenhearted. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Woo! I mean, the first of all, first of all, I, abs I did love the book. I loved it. Oh, it was wonderful. Um, it definitely kept me in it. I actually missed fireworks because I was <laughs> and I'm like so ingrained in it. And my husband, I'm like, yeah, America. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, Keep going. <laughs> Go America. Because, I mean, it was just, it just, it, it took a hold of you. And it was like, it was like the most dramatic soap opera I've ever witnessed. It was just like, she just couldn't get a break at all. And man, woo. Yeah. I got to get comfortable. All right. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> I'm going to defend myself now. <laughs> It's so true. Well, okay. I, I, so you know me. Uh, what did James say? <laughs> Yay, America. America. <laughs> Yay, America. I'm reading. Go on. Um, America will still be there tomorrow. I'll, I'll just go. Um, so you know me. I get confused on time. You do. So yeah, I do. I do get very confused. I'm like, okay, I know she's time jumping here. I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to follow what's where we're at. So, I, of course, I need to figure out me and Gretchen where I was like, so the we're operating on two timelines. We have the timeline where Nanny and um, uh, oh, my God, I was about to say Mary Poppins. Very Godmother, you know, are sort of arguing about whether or not to help um, yeah. the stepsisters. Uh, and then we have the timeline of telling Lady Tremaine's tale. So right. Lady Tremaine's tale takes place post Mistress of Evil, but pre-Odd Sisters? Am I, uh, am I interpreting that? That sounds about right. Yeah. I, okay. mean, I don't have my map in front of me, but that... That sounds that sounds pretty close. I mean, okay. where where um, where the the fairies are, you know, sort of figuring everything out. That's in the most recent timeline, you know, where we left off, um, like with Odd Sisters, right? So yeah, so yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Okay, okay, yay! I got it right. <laughs> I was like, I hope and then I had to think about it for a second. I'm like. Hey. <laughs> Where does it fall in the bigger picture? And mm -hmm. then the the fairy godmother and nanny and then deciding to intervene with the stepsisters, is that post-Odd Sisters? Yeah, that's after the Odd Sisters. Yeah. Okay. okay. So the, the Odd Sisters, yeah. In fact, I tried to make that clear um, because, you know, they say, like, I think nanny, no, no, uh, fairy godmother was, you know, talks about how Cersei um, sacrificed herself and talked about how the odd sisters were, you know, banished away. I try to give like little clues to give people like a sense of what, what time we were in. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry if it wasn't that no. clear. <laughs> we were just was, excited. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get, cause, and me and Gretchen talked about this. I think Gretchen, and I think it, oh, I was reflecting on this. I think a lot of it just has to do with our professions. 
Gretchen, her job is super detail oriented. And so Gretchen picks up on all those little, like the teacups and the, and the, all these little details that I just like fly over my head because I'm so focused on like the emotion of the book right? that and I miss those small details, but she gets all the small details. So we kind of like work together to bring all of those pieces together. Yeah, no, I like, I love that about both of you. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely happened after the Odd Sisters. It gives, um, I mean, part of the story does anyway, you know, with the Blue Fairy and the Three Good Fairies and Nanny and, and Fairy Godmother are sitting around, like, you know, drinking their teas and eating their cakes and, like, you know, doing their thing. And, you know, Nanny's like, oh, I hate my wings and, you know, all of that. That's definitely while the Odd Sisters are trapped away and uh, Cersei is also with them in the time, you know, in between. Um, once we get to book nine, things will be a little bit different. So you're actually going to get, you're actually going to find out what's going on with the Odd Sisters and with Cersei um, in book nine. Oh, well, I'll drink to that. More tea, please, more tea. More tea, yes, yes, yes. yes. I, I, I agree, like, I, I, if it's okay, I want to say I agree with you that, I mean, so you all feel like Lady Tremaine's ending was too harsh? You feeling like? It was sad, I, it was just tragic. I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you think, Gretchen? I don't know that I felt that it was too harsh. I felt that when I was going through and reading it, I'm like, of course this is how she feels. This yeah. This is how I would feel if I was put in this situation and it's like, of course, you know, she's irritated at the way she's like, "Welcome to my mother's house." What? You know, like there's all kinds of that. So it's like it just keeps adding on. You can't just keep doing that to somebody and have them just be like eventually she's going to shut down and she just doesn't care anymore. She's like, I don't, I don't even, I can't even with you people anymore. I just, you know, it's like annoyance just goes to hate all of a sudden. And, and right. I found, I didn't know that it was too harsh. I felt that it was a natural progression for her. And I was like, Oh, I can see how that happened. Right. Yeah. 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 I was thinking the same thing. Cause I kind of, you know, that I think the events in the end, the interaction between Lady Tremaine and Drizella and Anastasia, like the the fairy godmother and Nanny were, I feel like they were right in saying she's too far gone. Like yeah. she's beyond help. I think the tragic part is just looking back to earlier in her story when Nanny was like insisting on helping her. Right. And, and couldn't. And I just am like, Oh, like if like I, I've just, you know, if only they could have intervened back then it wouldn't have had to come to this. So I think it was just, it was just really tragic that it came to a point where she was beyond help and, and she just had to be turned to stone, but I'm hoping because she's turned to stone, is that permanent or maybe? Well, I think, I think <laughs> when the odd sisters find out because, you know, they, they really wanted to help her throughout the entire book. Um, they were actively trying to help her. Um, and did you get the Cersei reference, by the way? Like, did you get what was happening with Cersei, like in the ballroom and the Odd Sisters? I'm just curious. Oh, that's I, okay. So I was very interested, and that's the other thing where I was trying to figure out the timeline because I was like, obviously, this is before sort of Cersei kind of turns on her sisters and it's like, oh, I've got to. It was before Maleficent. All the stuff happened before Maleficent. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. It was that makes before sense. Maleficent. Yeah, I, um, 
I I was kind of suspicious of Rebecca from the get go, <laughs> and that they kept calling her like um, the Lady Tremaine's like house housemaid kept calling her a witch, Mrs. Bramble. I think that's her name. Mrs. Bramble. She, yeah, yeah. She just kept calling her a witch, and I'm like, she's too sweet to be an odd sister. But I felt the odd sister's influence at that point. Oh, and good. I was like, I was trying to figure out where, like, I didn't, for some reason, I never picked up that it was Cersei until she revealed herself. But I was like, <laughs> she's related somewhere. She's a spy for the Odd Sisters. Like, I immediately, anytime somebody's either too nice or obviously they're snarky, like the web, I'm like, what is going on? It's the spider. I'm blaming her. You know, like, right. so, like that's how I felt. I immediately was suspicious of her being some sort of mole. Well, I guess I'm going to ask another question then. So, and this is like, made, like this might, I mean, we already did a spoiler warning, right? So, yeah. okay. Um, so if it was before Maleficent and Cersei, the, their, their sister Cersei was killed at, in the Fairylands during, during the, um, during the fairy exams, remember? Uh, yeah, you yeah. Got to, you got to see the original Cersei. I was gonna. I was just gonna ask. I was like, is she OG Cersei <laughs> before yeah. they birthed magically birthed a new Cersei? Mm -hmm. wow. And this was true Cersei. This that was true Cersei. Yeah, yeah, that was the original Cersei. Oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> <That's> so good. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I'm like, so how many people are going to put that together? You know, and one of the editors, not my main editor, but one of the editor was like, well, you should say, have somebody say, that's the original Cersei. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, that, would, yeah, that wouldn't make sense for the characters. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I wish there was some way that we could do that, you know, but I tried to make it. I tried to make it as clear as possible without like a heat hitting people over the head with stuff. And I love it. Minds yeah. are blowing <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> this is definitely one of those, oh, that makes so much sense moments. Like, yeah. oh, it makes so much sense. It yeah. does. Yeah. It does. I, mean, yeah. I, know, I know my timelines, like, you know, everything's like really vast and you have to kind of put it together. So I knew it would take some time for people to get it, you know, but I'm, I'm okay with you know, letting it be known to people who don't mind getting spoilers, you know, so. Oh, we love them. Yeah. Well, then, we, we, Take it. then we have some other questions then, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Lady Tremaine, we started out, you know, she was already heartbroken. She was raising her daughters and she even knew at that point, she's like, yeah, I kind of spoiled them a little, but I mean, their dad died and it was kind of sudden. And so like, do we, do we ever find out like how Lord Tremaine died? Oh, and like, is that like connected to like what happened to Corella's husband or anything? No, no, it's, it, there's, there's no connection in, in that way. Um, you know, there's very few times in which I don't think a lot about characters, even even like, you know, tertiary characters. Like I always try to give everybody like lots of background and think about them, give them their personalities, even if it doesn't show up on the page. But I have to admit, like Lady Tremaine's first husband, he didn't even like 
make my radar because he he wasn't important to her story. I mean, the fact that she missed him is important, but we don't we don't spend a lot of time. I mean, we know that that she mourned him, but we also know that she was ready to move on. It had been six years, so. Yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. We just don't like to leave stones unturned. We, we're no, not sure. We're like, if that's a, <laughs> if that's a thing, we're going to sniff everything. <laughs> yeah. You can look more to, you know, the the magical shop, the items in the shop, the fact that the book of fairy tales is in London, right? It was like in the Tremaine family and it was in, you know, Corella's family. Um, how did those items and the book get to London? I think we're going to find out in book nine. Oh, I'm here for it. Well, <laughs> no, I was going to ask too about, um, so I think one of the reasons too, I, I was, I was, we, well, both of us were going down this rabbit hole of like Lord Tremaine's death is because they kind of made it a point that he, he got the brooch for Lady Tremaine, but that yeah. he went back. And, and purchase the book of fairy tales as well. Mm -hmm. And so I was just curious. I mean, I know you said his, his death was inconsequential. So I was thinking like, oh, is there some like curse involved with the book? Like, because he went and got it or, or, oh, you know, and, and why did, why did he go back for the book? Like what right. drove him to get that? I see where you're going with that. I mean, yeah, there, there, you're always heading down the <laughs> <laughs> We dig deep. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. All right. All very right. good. Very good. We'll back off. We'll, we'll let it go for now until Well, and then, so if we're speaking of the shop, then I would like to talk a little bit more about the objects that were procured in the shop. Now, is this 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 is the same shop that uh, Corella's father bought the earrings at, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so like, what? Like, who's the seller? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna find out. You're gonna find out in book nine. Um, I'm dying. <laughs> so somebody somebody sold all of those items to the the this the shop. Basically, the shop has been owned by different people in this person's family. I think, like in in one of the in one of the books, you know, it said something like, you know, this you know book this store was mine. It was my father's before it was mine. It's going to be my son's. Like after you know after it's mine. So it's kind of gone from you know family member to family member. Um, so the Lady Tremaine's story happened before Corella's story, right? And just in terms of time time periods. Um, so if you recall when Lady Tremaine like and her husband go into the shop, they see Corella's earrings in there. And I, I, I'm not sure if it made it into made it into the final draft, but I did have I remember writing a scene where he says, you know, oh well look at those earrings, you know, they'd go good with that brooch. And she's like, Oh no, I already have earrings like that. So as I know a lot of people think that the ear, you know, the the jade earrings that um, Lady Tremaine has and Corella has are the same, but I wanted to leave them in the shop for Corella to find later down the road. So I, I believe, did I mention other other items? I don't want to spoil anything from like for the next book, but there's the earrings and there's the brooch. Was there anything else that I mentioned in the shop in the case? I'm sure off, there was. Off the top <laughs> of my head, I cannot think of it. There were a lot of things in that shop. There was lots of things that she just kind of looked around and saw like sitting on shelves and stuff. 
specific right. items I can't remember off the top of my head, but yes, um, I am. I'm really intrigued at like also like. Is there like a homing beacon that draws like the right people? Because I mean, obviously everything's been predestined in this book of fairy tales. So like what what made Lord Tremaine decide to like stop? Like, I mean, like I why think, that shop? I think the Odd Sisters said something in the prologue that their magic reaches London. So yeah, I will leave it at that. It's it becomes more clear and more explicit in in book nine. They're 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 just like complete. They just put it all out on the table, like in in the book of fairy tales. And the book of fairy tales becomes more like written in their voice. You know, the more stories, the more stories that we we tackle, the the more it becomes clear that it, it's the it's the odd sisters that's that are writing the book of fairy tales. Interesting. And then I'm also curious. So the, 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 um, speaking of sort of like the magic drawing people in and reaching London, Sir Richard, we got to talk about Sir Richard because <laughs> Sir Richard, Sir Richard, I want to call him this another guy. name. Right. Richard. <laughs> right. Well, I, mean, we, I mean, Dick is like the name for Richard. So, right. Yeah. He's terrible. The real villain of the story. I am curious, because clearly, I mean, aside from, yes, he makes it explicit that he wanted her money. Mm -hmm. um, was he in communication with the Odd Sisters? Like, what led him to target Tremaine directly? Was there anything aside from her money? Or was it just purely like, oh, there's a rich widow over there. I'm going to go try to get her and bring her back to the many kingdoms. It was her money. It was it was definitely her money. Yeah, I mean, he was indebted to the to the crown, and he needed to pay off his debts. I mean, that's the reason why he took off like the day, and he like rushed her to the chapel, and she had like the worst wedding ever, and he runs away and acts like she's a jerk for wondering why you know why he's leaving, and um, yeah, I mean, it was it was all about like free babysitting and money. So, and, and a servant. I mean, he, he, he fired all the servants, you know, um, and he made Lady Tremaine, I mean, like he, you know, free labor and, and money, you know, I mean, that, that's, those were really his motivations. He's an awful person. Yeah, he's terrible. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never wanted to just reach through a book and punch somebody in the face. Yeah. So badly <laughs> I was like, yes. oh, oh. Yeah, I, I, I read some reviews that people were like, I can't believe she made Cinderella's dad so horrible. And it's like, well, you know, it happens. <laughs> well, to be fair, we didn't know anything about him before. Like, we, even in the in the Disney film, they don't really he just stands show there. anything about him. Yeah, he <laughs> stands there at the well with her or something. They're like, oh, he's dead. That's all we know about him, you know, that he's yeah. dead, and that he loved his daughter, right? So, you know, he was free reign as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And you can oh, love no, your daughter love and still it. be a jerk. <laughs> I, I thought it was great because you had to like, I mean, that's the one thing I love that you do with these villains is they, they've got to become this way for a reason. Right. And, and so you need a catalyst to set that in motion. So, I mean, Sir Richard was the perfect catalyst for that. And I mean, yeah, you did end up hating him a lot, but... I think needed to, to understand why Lady Tremaine 
just devolved the way she did. Right. I mean, it's pretty incredible that Cinderella turned out to be as nice as she is with like her father, you know, the way, the way that he was and everything else. Like, and she was, you know, it's such a tragic story. You know, she was supposed to have a beautiful life. You know, she met this man and, and she fell in love and she was going to, you know, move to a beautiful place and, and have another daughter and, and raise, you know, raise her two daughters and have a chance, you know, to give them a life that she always wanted to give them. And, it was the worst experience ever. I mean, it was it was so tragic and it made me sad, like, you know, writing it because what I wanted to do is, you know, you know, what you want to do when you write a story like that is show that, you know, show the person being strong, showing them being able to get out of that, you know, situation, you know, having them persevere and, you know, revenge, you know, on the jerk that's, that's doing this. So, I don't. I don't think that the the punishment that I gave Lady Tremaine is too harsh, considering what happens at the end. You know how abusive she becomes to to her daughters, um, and and I kind of definitely felt like she had gone too far. But the Odd Sisters took a real interest in her, and I think when they find out what happened to her, they're gonna want they're gonna want to free her. You know, I don't think that I don't think that we're gonna we're, one. We're not. We haven't seen the last of the Odd Sisters. And I don't think we've seen the last of the of Lady Tremaine um, because I don't think I don't think that she deserved deserved her ending. If if I mean I I mean there's part of me that feels like she deserved the ending that she you know was for the abuse that she you know portrayed on the children. However, I think that you know she might have a chance to I think that she should have a chance to redeem herself at some point. And I think the odd sisters might be able to help her or at least offer her help. We'll see if she takes it. You know, she didn't take the odd sisters help the first time. So we'll see what happens. So you're saying she's in timeout. That's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you're a statue. You're in timeout. You're in timeout. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, too much. <laughs> no, we love it. So one of my favorite scenes though, and I have to tell you, I was, I, I had goosebumps and I thought it was so just bad was the scene when the odd sisters froze the ball and oh. they come out like dang yeah. <laughs> like i love that whole scene it's so oh good. thank you i loved writing that scene when i when i went back and you know because i i get the you know the scripts like over and over and over again you know and like we polish them and it's so funny like every time i got to that scene i was like Oh, I wrote that. Like I like surprised myself. I'm like, oh, this scene is rad, you know. And it's like it's not that often that like you know you'll read your own work and be like, oh, I, I love that, you know. So, so I, I love good. it. It's one of my favorite scenes too. That I mean, the Odd Sisters make such amazing like they make such amazing appearances. Like they have their own theme music. They come in like Darth <laughs> Vader. It's amazing. And every time they have every book, they've had some sort of horrific grand entrance that's just so awesome like they step out of mirrors and they but this one i was like i could just hear like some sort of like quentin tarantino soundtrack in the background and i could just feel it and it was it was awesome absolutely phenomenal thank you yeah i mean and i was i mean maybe that I, I, I kind of don't blame y'all for like not putting it together that that was the original cersei because i almost felt like the odd sisters being so grandiose in that scene and, and, and the, the showdown between them and Nanny might have eclipsed that. 
but I mean, that was really the only opportunity to to spill those, spill that tea. Yes, uh, <laughs> live action Disney Plus Odd Sisters series, please. I listen. There's, I mean, I'm pretty good when I read about sort of you know vivid imagery in my head and imagining it all go down. But there's certain scenes, and particularly as Gretchen was mentioning, those Odd Sisters entrances that I'm like, oh, I want to see this visualized so bad. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see the slowed down Cinderella ball, and then the Odd Sisters just coming through the crowd like what's up we're here what's good let's go like i'm like oh this is so awesome yeah that was uh, it was an amazing scene and it's something i really want to see visualized in some way i don't know some art form would be amazing. i would love it too <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool um so you had mentioned before that the odd sisters and cersei were genuinely trying to help lady tremaine and now that we know that this is pre-Mistress of All Evil, that this is real Cersei, at this point in the story, because we know that like a lot of their motivation after is sort of getting their sister on their side, getting their sister back, trying to manipulate all these other villains, whether it's getting uh, the Rapunzel flower to try to bring Cersei back, whether, you know, with Maleficent experimenting on creating new life through their magic, all like all this has sort of been to meet their ends. So I'm curious, what are their motivations behind helping Lady Tremaine at this point in the timeline? Like, why is it that they're compelled to and drawn to Lady Tremaine and, and getting themselves involved with her? Well, one of the one of the things that they say, uh, one of the lines in the story is that you know the princesses are the fairies' domain and the villains are theirs. So that kind of opens up a little bit about like their psychology behind why they've been trying to help all of the um, all of the characters in the story. Um, oh. <laughs> this is your on time. <laughs> So, I mean, in essence, they are, they are the villains, you know, fairy godmothers, but, you know, but they're, but they're witches. Um, I mean, and at that point, they probably were, you know, capable of helping Lady Tremaine, but Lady Tremaine didn't, you know, didn't want the help. She kept, she kept saying no. Um, and I mean, and they, even though that, you know, they hadn't at that point, like, split their soul to create a daughter, you know, they weren't always, you know, they were a lot more lucid, you know, before then, but their moral compass was still like still a little skewed. And I think they were, they were getting it wrong. You know, if they really wanted to help her, they wouldn't have drawn her to the many kingdoms, you know, but I think, I think in their sort of weird, like, you know, skewed, you know, way of thinking, they thought, well, if will we bring her here, she's here on our terms and we'll be able to help her. I don't think it occurred to them that Lady Tremaine would say, no, I, I don't, I don't want your help. And I think it's really tragic that the, the people that she went to for help wouldn't help her, you know, and the odd sisters were the ones that were trying to, and were the ones who actually had the power to do something because Nanny, you know, her powers were bound. She couldn't, she couldn't help them. Like the, you know, when, you know, at the time she was magically incapable of doing it. And so this speaks to the core issues of the books, you know, like who's worthy of help and who isn't. And, you know, I think that 
at, you know, finally, you know, Nanny realizes that everybody's worthy of help, you know, and and it, it, it's funny that it takes like the odd sisters, you know, to to show them that. You know, right. we're talking about the fairy godmother and Nanny, their their little divide there. I um I, I always have loved the fairy godmother. But oh. now I don't really like her so much anymore. Like, <laughs> well, do you like her better? Do you like her better now though? Like, do you think that that Well, she, now that she's come to her senses, mm -hmm. she's starting to redeem herself a little, but I'm like, quit being so daggum elitist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. true. And, and I'm grateful to Nanny for being like, this is ridiculous. If we help them now, they won't be a villain. So, right. like I mean, and it's it, it's interesting because, you know, with the, one of the things, other things that we learned, I just thought of it, is that that's how Nanny lost her memory. Remember, like, she didn't have her memory for a long time. It was it was her sister, you know, like, yeah. fairy godmother, like, wipes her memory because she's so afraid of like things changing. And that's the thing, like that's the thing about the world. You know, we have like certain systems in place and people are so afraid to change them. Like, you know, cause God forbid we should help other people, right? Um, that we should help everybody. And so, you know, but I'm just, I'm just glad that Nanny's finally coming around. I'm talking about it like I didn't, I'm like not in charge of this character. <laughs> but, you know, like, Nobody I'm, tells Nanny what to do. <laughs> I'm just so happy that, 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 you know, Nanny, uh, well, Nanny has finally been able to talk a fairy godmother into, you know, coming ground. So. Yeah, very true. Cause I was, that was, yeah, I was very team Nanny and like anti fairy godmother. Mm -hmm. I was like, ever since Mist Mistress of All Evil, when she first, you know, all the, the fairy tests and trials are happening. And I was just like, Fairy Godmother, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I was like, what is your deal? She's right. just so like, yeah, so by the book, so just unempathetic and and not really seeing the bigger picture. And I love that Nanny has always been sort of an advocate um, in a way for these sort of villains. Um, and yeah, so I, I was happy that Nanny is finally bringing the Fairy Godmother around, but it makes me curious are we now that it's it's not just sort of like fairies are pro princess and odd sisters are pro villains is this going to change the dynamic moving forward is is it going to change how the fairies like are the fairies and the odd sisters going to be essentially battling over the souls of these villains moving forward like mm. how does that mm. i'm curious and excited <laughs> to see how that plays out in a perfect world, like we'd move forward and, and, you know, everyone will be protected. Um, you know, fairy godmother says that, you know, she agreed, she agreed to help, you know, the, you know, Anastasia and Drusilla, which uh, you know, quite frankly surprised me, even though I wrote it. Um, and I'm, I'm happy. And we, we, we end the story with her and nanny, you know, deciding they're going to rule the many kingdoms, you know, rule the fairy lands together. And, but We'll have to see what happens. I mean, I really hope, I really hope that the fairy godmother like sticks to her word um, or, you know, maybe she just, 
doesn't want to have to leave the fairylands. You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think I think that she is coming around. I think that she will want to help more people, but I think she's going to do a little more kicking and screaming, like getting there. I think that she's going to take a little bit more convincing when it comes to you know particular you know particular villains um, moving forward. But you know, time time will tell. But as for like fighting over the souls, I don't see it, no matter how how far you know fairy godmother has come in this particular story i don't see her fighting anybody to like save a soul for a, a villain quite frankly mm. so yeah i think i think like we could leave we could probably leave that kind of thing up to um up to the odd sisters and cersei so Ooh, all right <laughs> well i mean the parallels of that and the real world are not unnoticed like that it's right. very clear and, and it's like i love that you do that because it's, it's it's such a nice way to say hey can you relate to this stuff that's <laughs> happening like do you right. see that right. just look at here you know i like yeah. that you really give it a way to you know it's like it gives you some food for thought for your real life, you know, and I like that too. Right. I mean, I mean, I know that a lot of adults like read this, but you know, kids, you know, kids read them too, you know? And so that's why, you know, I spend a lot of time making sure to, you know, put these things in and just like silly things. Like, I don't know if y'all noticed in the beast within um, the maestro, almost every single one of his lines were quotes from Oscar Wilde. Like, <laughs> like, and, so, and uh, yeah, and then you know, and then of course, you know, the curse for the beast was inspired by a picture of Dorian Gray, and you know, and, and so I try to like do little things like that, like, um, like one of the I'm like a huge fan of like upstairs, downstairs, and you know, Downton Abbey and stuff like that. And I try to put like little tidbits of little things like that that I'm interested in, whether it's literature or like TV shows or history or whatever. And you know, if a kid like puts on the you know creepy book club you know thing, they're like, oh, who's Oscar Wilde? And they'll you know look it up and they'll read his book or one of his plays or you know they'll you know you know what I mean? Like I just as much as like those things, like the themes, I just, I want, I want kids to, you know, explore and learn new things and get inspired. I sound hokey, but that's. No, <laughs> I think it's very important. Those are, yeah. those are things that could be very well lost if you don't keep reminding the next generation of them. I think that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that's the power of storytelling, right? Is that, you know, you could easily sort of be like, Listen, let me explain to you about how, you know, systems set up certain people to fail and this and this and that, you know, versus let me tell you this really fleshed out, imaginative, magical story. And within that, I'm going to layer some deeper themes, some deeper ideas to kind of think about um, because I do, you know, maybe as a kid, I, I wouldn't reflect as deeply as an adult, but as an adult, like as I'm reading these books, I'm like, oh, I, this feels like a real world thing, or I, oh, I'm familiar with this idea or this feeling or this concept. Um, oh, you're that, planting seeds for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> planting seeds is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunate Soul and the HP Lovecraft opening, chilling. It's yes. It absolutely was inspired by, yeah, by Dagon and, and Shadow of Ritten's mouth. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Um, and so another, our, I think at least my final question, I don't know about you, Gretchen, you may have more, but where is the book of fairy tales now? Who has it? Are, are we going to find that out? Where, where is it after, after this point, after the Drizella and Anastasia helped? Where is it? <laughs> where is it? Well, um, we are, I mean, in book, in book nine, you know, so we're moving backwards, right? So Cruella happened in the most recent to our, our actual history, right? And then Lady Tremaine's story is a little bit further away. And then book nine is further away than that. Does that make sense? Am I, am I making gotcha. sense? Yes. So book nine so, will be the furthest along in the timeline. Is that right? right so book nine will have happened before Tremaine and Cruella. Because oh, we're, got it. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to find out. Well, I mean, it's, you know me, it spans like a period. But we find out who the villain of that book is the one who takes the items to the shop. Oh, let me get some tea. <laughs> tea time. Yes, I promised y'all some tea. So oh, we got so some tea. So the Melbourne, based in London, is the one who brings the book of fairy tales and the items to the shop, and that's where Lady Tremaine and Cruella find their items. Okay. Okay. And so he, it's where do you think he got those items? Okay. And where, where else have you seen those items but in the book of in the the journals, right? The journals Journal. of the yeah. of the Odd Sisters. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The tea is hot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the journals are so good that, like, if you glaze over that, you need to go back and reread and reread because that journals leaves. More breadcrumbs than this cup of tea can follow. Like, wow. Yeah. I know. All of the villain Easter eggs. Like, just even, <laughs> I think I, I I was listening to that one on, on audio, and I was like, hold on. Go back. I need to read <laughs> to all that list. Taking, I'm sitting there like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Taking uh -huh. notes. Yes, exactly. I'm curious yeah. how they handle that in the audio books. Like, so they did describe the item, and then did they describe what the item was, and then say what the caption was next to it like how do they yeah oh, okay yeah yeah i was supposed to say i think that's how they read it out okay yeah they they described the item and then they it was like a little footnote like caption of what what their thoughts were on the item yeah that's what i told them to do but i wasn't sure if that was gonna happen i don't i can't sit around and listen to my own audiobooks <laughs> <laughs> it would it just I'd be like oh god did i really write it that way you know like want to improve it I will say I the, the the audio books are great, and um, I always forget her name. Who does the audio books? Her her voices of the different characters her are voice amazing. Is amazing. I mean, Lucy I have, Rainer. Yes, Lucy Rainer. I, yes, I have, I have listened to her, you know some of it, but I can't. It, and it's not because of her. It's because of listening to my own writing. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, she's incredible. I love her. She's starting on the Evil Thing audiobook right now oh good oh okay i'll be excited to get to listen to that one mm -hmm. uh, after reading it on i'm intrigued because it's not you know and i thought well that's probably why they hadn't done it yet because it's not really in the same 
section. Like it would make sense if somebody else narrated that book because it's they're not in the many kingdoms and evil things. So yeah, I, mean, I assume that it was her that's that's reading it, and I, my assumption was because of COVID. Like it just got it, you know. But I don't know for sure, honestly. So. I well, I read the book in her voice in my head. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to—I would love to hear her Cruella voice, right? It would be intriguing. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I tried. I tried doing a Cruella voice. I don't know if you all heard my like podcast thing that I did, where I I interviewed Cruella like as myself. So I was literally like, switching between Cruella's voice and my voice. Um, I didn't, it was just, I had the, I videoed it and I just showed like this like little backdrop and it was just like me being insane, like talking to myself for like an hour, I don't know, half an hour. <laughs> That's awesome. In insanity is relative. It's perfectly normal. We're all good. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> normal by my standards, I say. That's yes. right. Absolutely. All right. Any other thoughts or questions about cold-hearted Gretchen before we open it up to the chat? Because I'm sure the chat may have a few questions. So you get know, your questions I'm, I'm going to let the I'm going to let the chat answer some questions because she's answered all of mine, and I want to hear what they have to say. Like I'm I'm still taking notes. Mm -hmm. Well, my last question is: Tell me everything that happens next. I wish. Uh, Addison Lopez, did Anastasia and Drizella go back to London or did they stay in the many kingdoms with Cinderella? Yeah, they were given the choice, right? Because, um, I mean, I think that the fairy godmother just assumed, like, you know, they would want to stay, you know, in the many kingdoms. Like, who wouldn't want to live in the many kingdoms. Um, in my mind, you know, I think that they do decide to stay, to stay in the many kingdoms, at least for a little while, um, to, to kind of get themselves like, you know, together a little bit and, and be able to live their lives a little bit more freely and have time to get to know their sister, you know, Cinderella in in a different way but i do see them going back uh, going back to london at some point or maybe you know traveling traveling back and forth i want them to be happy we yeah i actually like them a lot um silver sweet said that scene in the ballroom with the fairy godmother blast them to the underworld made me think the next book is about hades mm -hmm. okay so we have another team hades person on the next <laughs> villain yeah <laughs> well so. i would love to write about, I would love to write about Hades. <laughs> that would be so much fun. I, oh my gosh. He's a very charismatic villain. Like I feel like he would be a very fun story to hear or just to, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've already established that he's in the many, he was in the many kingdoms. He had like, he lived in the castle that Maleficent like took over. And he left his dudes like down, you know, like in the basement, you know, those little devil guys, those were Hades. Um, and Maleficent like shows up. I remember she was like a dragon for a while. She's like, oh, I need a place to stay. Oh, look, here's a place. It has a portal to hell. I'll stay here, right? And I've got like minions you know, like down there. So, you know, chances are, I, I, I mention them all the time. And now the officers are getting blown to Hades. I don't know. Come to your own conclusions about 
who I may be writing about in the future. <laughs> I'll say, well, we have, there's four, you already let us know that you have at least four. So my mm -hmm. wheels are already, I'm like thinking like, Hook Hades, <laughs> Queen of Hearts, and who else was on my radar? I'm trying to think. I don't think, and I'm not saying you're right or wrong about any of those guesses, honestly, because I can't, um, but I don't think you're gonna guess one of them. Like, I don't think anybody's gonna guess one of them. Like, oh. none of y'all are gonna be like, you're gonna be like, what? I did not guess that, like, at all. Oh, so there's gonna be a deep cut villain. <laughs> it's not Scar, it's not Dr. Facilier, it's not Jafar. <laughs> Please don't be the crab from Moana. <laughs> Tomatoa, you don't want to get, sh get shiny? <laughs> Why is that'll he so name, into the, the shiny name. things? I was gonna say, that'll be the name of this book. It'll just be like, stay shiny. Stay shiny. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's gonna guess it, honestly. Oh, some people mm. are saying in the chat, Madam Mim. Ooh. Yisma. I would love to write about Mad Mim. That would be fun. Yisma would be fun too. Yisma would be cool. Ask for her. Um, yeah. Yisma, yeah, another vote for Yisma. The villain from the Black Cauldron. Who was mm. the villain from the Black Cauldron? What was his name? Oh, again? the Chernabog? Chernabog, yeah. Chernabog. Is that Fantasia? That's Fantasia. That's, I say that, isn't that Fantasia, Chernabog? Or was he also in Black Cauldron? I don't know. I can't <laughs> I, It's know. been a while. I know. The Horned Jeff King. Paul. The Horned King. The Horned That's King. Right. That's right. The Horned King. Yeah. I would that would be scary. That. I, would be <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, I would love to write it. <laughs> King well, that's what we do is we fantasize about what we'd like to see. Like the the graphic novel of the Odd Sisters Journal. Let's is that coming? <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would love to have the Odd Sisters Journal like sitting on my shelf and just be like, look at my journal. Right. <laughs> well, I hope that we continue to do the graphic novels. I mean, and that certainly would be if we ever did like an Odd Sisters graphic novel, that would be like the perfect place to do some like journals, right? Because that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the, I, again, the visuals of the Odd Sisters would be amazing. Fro yes. Frollo, somebody guessed Frollo. That's from Hunchback in Notre Dame? Or is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot to unpack right there. I don't know. That's, <laughs> I know, he's, he's kind of, he's, oh, he's like the creepiest villain. Like he, he just, when I rewatch Hunchback as an adult, like as a kid, I feel like Hunchback flew over my head. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. But mm -hmm. as an adult rewatching it, I was like, oh. That guy is <laughs> awful. He's yeah. terrible. Um, Queen Nerissa from Disney Enchanted. Mm. Interesting. That'd be an interesting, an interesting deep cut. Mm. See, no one's guessed yet. <gasps> or have they? Oh, oh. oh, I was gonna, I was gonna throw out Radigan. <laughs> oh my god! So when Vincent Price did the voice for Radigan, and so that's like the one like animal that I'd like to do because I'm like it's Vincent Price. Like that's that's who I think of. I almost wore my Vincent Price necklace this evening. Um, that would have been super awesome. But I'll yeah, see somebody else or Radigan. <laughs> yeah, Radigan would be cool. 
<laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Especially like if you have, if he's like coexisting with the mice from Cinderella's story. <laughs> like, like that would be that'd be an interesting tie-in. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I will yeah. I will say that y'all haven't guessed so far. Wow. So I'm gonna go back and watch this and write down everybody we mentioned and then I'm <laughs> gonna do the maths. <laughs> I probably like fully gave it away by saying that. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that's just, that's so exciting that, that, that there's so many to choose from and there's some that we don't even think of. So it's like somebody said the hunter from the hunter from Bambi. <laughs> Oh, so that was like the first Disney movie I ever saw as a kid. And when my dad was a hunter and they took me to see this and I didn't talk to my dad for like two weeks. Like I, I was like, yeah, oh. his mom. Like I was really upset and I wouldn't talk to him. He was heartbroken. <laughs> so, oh. Somebody uh, said, from Pinocchio. That would be a fun one to write. I mean, just like the Pinocchio world, like in general. And, you know, I have tackle, you know, I have like brought Blue Fairy into into the mix. Um, I find that intriguing. I'm really intrigued by the Blue Fairy. I think that she would have been a wonderful friend for Maleficent had she stayed in school. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I just love the way you wrote her. And, and she's always exciting when she comes in because it's like, She's going to give some voice of reason to somebody from all of this. Yeah. I mean, she's the only progressive person like on that entire fairy panel besides like Nanny, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. She's the only one who like makes any sense. I would, I want to give her more, I would love to give her more um, page time. You know, like I'm always thinking like, how can I, how can I bring blue fairy back in? You know, like let's have another cancel meeting and have some more tea. You know, and, and get, you know, get <laughs> Blue Fairy over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love those fairy council meetings. I just was like that last one where they're all fighting and I was like, oh, some fairies are about to start flipping <laughs> tables. Like, I was like, this is great. <laughs> I'm always worried that people are like, oh, another fairy meeting. <laughs> I mean, how else are fairies going to have meetings? I don't understand any other way to do it except for full on English tea service. Like, <laughs> I read the funniest review where somebody was like, are we really having more tea or something? It was so awesome. <laughs> like, are we still having tea? We're all, all having, the having tea. tea. <laughs> Rico from Home on the Range. That's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they're just going to become more and more obscure, right. like Disney right. villains. Yeah. <laughs> So great. Hans you from Frozen. Still haven't guessed. That's are, really no one said it? Oh. No, you haven't guessed yet. If I wrote a frozen villain story, it would be Elsa. Elsa would be the villain. Right? Oh, yeah. I like yeah. it. Disney wouldn't go ever go for that, but that's that would be like my dream, you know, to have her, you know, be you know, like be the bad guy. I know but no. nobody would like it. Nobody would like that story except for me. But I mean, she kind of was in the first movie. It just was not, it wasn't intentional. She wasn't like intentionally trying to be evil. She just kind of messed up everyone's right. lives. And all my villains aren't intending to be evil too. And see, that's like the point, right? That's yeah. the point of the story. So why did, why did, you know, why did it work out for her? Because she was a princess, you know? Yeah, so. it's true. <laughs> Very true.
-hmm. Somebody said Rourke from Atlantis. I love everybody's guessing. The Headless Horseman. Oh, the Headless Horseman would be amazing. I mean, I don't think that he would fit in the villains, villain series. Yeah, I would totally write about the Headless Horseman. That would be interesting. I guess he would be, because I guess uh, he's he's kind of like a ghost spirit <laughs> being. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't imagine yeah, telling the story from like the Headless Hessian's like point of view, you know? Like my head was there and then it's not. I don't know. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> I had a head and now I don't. <laughs> my head was blown off with a cannon and and every night I ride my horse trying to find it between the churchyard and, you know, yeah. Yeah, I would I would so write that book, but I don't think I would write it from from the Headless Horseman's you know, point of view. I would pick somebody else's point of view for that story. That'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. King Candy. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> How did Clayton from Tarzan? Oh, I can't believe that you guys have it. Like, Are yeah. you really? <laughs> really? Oh, my God. You know, now everyone's going to know because I keep saying you haven't guessed yet. But there's a lot of characters still, so it'll it'll be okay. The, the Disney villain library runs pretty deep, though. Like, right. I mean, there's so many. Right. There are right. way more villains than princesses, for sure. There's only, like, what, 11 princesses? There's, like, 70 villains. We got mm -hmm. we got plenty to go with here. Are there yeah. 70 villains? Or are you just, I don't like, know, I just, I just <laughs> made that number up. There's actually 72. <laughs> I was like, 7 million, you know? <laughs> 7 hours, you know? Seven I completely million. made that number up. <laughs> Trolls on the internet from Ralph Brinson. <laughs> Could you imagine just the odd sisters making people troll on the internet? <laughs> All right, I have to tell you who it's going to be. It's going to be James as Lucinda. It's going to be his book. Oh, <laughs> why didn't we guess it? Yeah, it's oh. going to be James, James as Lucinda. That's I should have known. It's be book 10. It just makes sense. It just <laughs> makes sense. You know what? I picture of James like with his wig and his green light like on his face <laughs> only half <laughs> he said that's amazing I'm ready but you know what I don't he's got I his don't wig know. on now he's ready yeah, to go. He's, he's, he's going to put him away he's like he's I'm already ready <laughs> I couldn't even like stop laughing during that oh my god <laughs> that was so good like even just like we had to teach like show him the wig i had to get teach him how to fluff it because it was all like sad and flat out of the box i was like you gotta fluff it get the curls going, get it going. <laughs> um somebody mcp oh, from tron oh john we're going to tron and black hole and yeah all those yeah or um uh what is it which mountain? What would return from which mountain? Uh, return from which mountain? Twenty thousand leagues under the sea. The Kraken, <laughs> I guess. Who the villain would be? So the many. Uh, Ursula's boyfriend. <laughs> oh, oh, it could be an Ursula tie-in. That'd be interesting. Somebody said Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm, that was Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> 
Oh, mm. that'd be cute. Or Edgar yes. from Aristocrats. Oh. But you had said that they were human, right? I feel like I remember you dropping that hint that like your yeah. bones were going to be human. They're so human. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so that's no another Shere Khan. No Shere Khan. Everybody no asks about Khan. Shere Khan. <laughs> Shere Khan's a fun villain. Yeah. All right. So we got all our guesses in. The Sanderson yeah. sisters. <laughs> oh, the oh. Sanderson sisters. No, um, the Sanderson sisters. But I'm facing off. It's so funny that they're, that, they're grasping at straws. I know. <laughs> so that's no so one has guessed it. No one has cool. guessed it. It's so rad. It's so rad that y'all haven't guessed yet. That's so cool. This Make is going to keep me up at night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep me up at night once everybody like realizes like is it this person? Yeah, but I'm just gonna say no to everybody else from this point forward, just for historical record. I'm just gonna say no to everybody else because I don't want to give it away. Fair oh, enough. That's fair. Yeah. We respect that's that. <laughs> I mean, we like, respect it, and it also stresses me out. But now <laughs> we must, I need we to must still snarf up any breadcrumbs you leave out. But we respect <laughs> that. Yes, I respect it. Doesn't mean I will. I will look at your tea leaves, but I respect it. <laughs> it's so true. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for our interview portion. We do want to plug a couple things while we have you. So one, you've already shown and, and teased the beautiful graphic novel of Evil Thing that is coming yes. this September. Oh, I've got yeah, mine pre-ordered. Tanisha, you got yours pre-ordered? I do have it pre-ordered. Yes. I am ready. Go pre-order it right now. You're not going to want to miss that. It looks beautiful. I'm yes. so excited to see all those visuals. Oh, I'm ready for it. So that's coming. Everybody be ready. Yeah. Uh, Cold Hearted is out today. If you weren't yeah. aware, I'd be shocked <laughs> if you were not aware. If you <laughs> didn't know by now. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> so if you haven't already, get the, your copy of the book or finish reading it because I'm sure you're already started well on your way. Yes. Um, and then and then when you read it, go back and watch this video and let us know in the comments like what you think about that because we would like to hear from you. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Absolutely. Um, and then also Serena is doing continuing on her book tour for Cold Hearted and the release mm -hmm. of Cold Hearted. So if you are interested in seeing where she's going to pop up next, who she's going to be meeting with and talking with next, Follow her on social media. Yes. Check her out. She's letting you know about all the events she has coming up. So you can find her there. Uh, anything else? Any last words or breadcrumbs for us, Serena? Any yeah. last little sip of tea? Something. Let me get the tea. Um, <laughs> you're like so put on the spot right now. Like I gave you. <laughs> I'm like the, the teapot that like doesn't have any tea left inside or, you know, like, or maybe I'm like the, the Oracle that has like the tea leaves, like in the bottom, you know, the bottom of the teacup. Um, I think that you ladies are very intuitive. Mm -hmm. and you 
pick up on all of the little clues and you know between like the emotion you know the like, one side there's like all the emotions the other side it's like mm -hmm. the, the details you all need to like come together i mean all you have all the answers like I, I feel like you're absolutely mm -hmm. on the right track with what's going on. I mean, sometimes you go a little like, you're like, oh, I think there's something going on over here. And I'll be like, oh, crap, I should have thought of that, but I'm not, I'm not going to steal from y'all. So, <laughs> but I definitely, I definitely feel like, you know, you know what's going on with the story and what's going to be, what's going to be happening in the future. And that's like, I, I know that's not exactly like spilling tea or, or giving you a loaf of bread, you know, let alone like breadcrumbs. But I think it, it speaks volumes because I, I, I think like, trust, trust your theories and, 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 and trust, trust, trust your guesses. Oh, okay. So uh, now I'm like thinking of every theory we've discussed. We discussed so good. <laughs> Flans the cat. We discussed so like Cruella's husband's death. We still don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> all, all these. Okay. We got right. four more books coming that we know. know. Of, so this is gonna be so great. I can't even wait for people to figure out like who the one, the one, the one character that that y'all haven't guessed yet. Like it's incredible. Whenever you release it, we're gonna be like, "Oh yes! <laughs> Why didn't I guess that?" I imagine, I imagine people being like, "Him? It's it's a man." Oh, I just said it's a him. Oh, so, oh, yeah. oh yeah. So they're gonna okay. be like, "Him? Really?" So look, there's another clue. See, there's your breadcrumbs. There's your tea. I gave it to you. Yes. We got we got a little tea, a little <laughs> sip. The best. Yes, we're here for all of it. Well, I think that about wraps it up. So I just want to say huge thank you, Serena. Thank you for being here. Thank you for chatting with us. Thank you for indulging all of our crazy theories and our deep diving and turning over every stone mm. there is possible. It's been so much fun getting to actually talk to you and, and be like, hey. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy watching your reviews, honestly. Like, you are such a delight. I love listening to you. I, I, I don't really listen to these kinds of things, like, very often because it's scary. You know, you never know what people are going to say. I mean, sometimes when people hate your stuff, it's almost more enjoyable when, than when they like it because it can be really funny when they go on, like, rants, like, hating it or whatever. But I love the 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 stuff that y'all come up with. And I, I like the little things that you pick up on and the, the theories that you come up with. And, and it's just so nice to have people get my work as well as you guys do. And so, and, and you just seem like such nice people. So it's, it was, it was my pleasure absolutely to like join you tonight. And I appreciate you celebrating my book release today. Oh, thank you. We're going to see, we're going to do that. Thank you. No, thank you. You're the best. You're the best. Yeah, but it, it has been so much fun. Thank you for everybody who joined us in the chat and, and chatting it up with us. This video will live on YouTube. So if you know folks that are in the process of reading and haven't read it yet, have them come yeah. back to join in on the conversation once they have. Um, thank you, Gretchen, as always, my Wicked Witch, Witch of the East, my Wicked thank Witch you, of the Tanisha. West. Thank you, Thank you. Yes. Well, 
Absolutely. And if you're listening to this on our podcast, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and, and you can come back and watch any of these videos because they're great to listen to, but you got to watch them because <laughs> Serena's making faces and we're paying attention. Okay, if, you're, if you're a body language expert, yeah. So true. Uh, and then you can follow us on Goodreads. Creepy Kingdom on Goodreads. You can keep up to date on what books we have on our to read list, what book we're currently reading, what the next book club read is. You can look at all the previous books we've read. Um, stay tuned for the announcement of our next book because sadly, we won't get another new Serena. Gotta wait a year. Villains novel for a year. Uh, <laughs> so we got so spoiled of like binging these books back to back. Um, Trent says, thanks, Serena, for sharing unique viewpoints on your dynamic growing series. Great podcast. Thanks for listening, Trent. Thank you, Trent. And thank you, everybody, for your comments tonight. I appreciate you all. Aw. <laughs> Rachel's adventure sends a heart. Hello. There Oh, Silver Sweet says, I hope Serena comes back for book night. Us too. We would love we, to have We hope back. that also. <laughs> Definitely. Or if you just want to like come sip tea about. <laughs> we'll have tea time anytime you want. Yeah. We could just get, we could just like talk. It doesn't even have to be like a show. We just hang yeah. out. We're here for this. Like, you're one of us, and it's clear. So you're you're <laughs> definitely one of us, and we're here for it. So you want you call us on like a Thursday. You want to sit and talk? We'll do it. Yeah. That would be awesome. Pretty yep. much with our teacups in hand, ready with to our go. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, so thanks for joining us, creepy bookworms. Until next time, until our next creepy book club. Stay tuned for that announcement. Stay creepy. <laughs> this podcast has been a production of the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network. Executive produced by James H. Carter II and Ryan Grulick. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Until next time, this is Hannah reminding you to keep it creepy. Creepy <laughs> Kingdom.